Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Skewed and Reviewed Skewedcast. I'm Gareth, creator of Skewed and Reviewed. You can find us online at sknr.net as we cover all things movies, games, television, travel, entertainment, pop culture, technology, and more. You can also catch me each week on my radio segment on BJ Shea's Geek Nation on KISWFM. We put the simulcast up every Friday, and uh, that's on the page. You can also go to their site, follow it in, and listen to it, KISW.com. And then, of course, we have our magazine, Skewed and Reviewed the Magazine. We're working on the uh, September issue right now. And last but not least is our upcoming um, collection of newspapers. We have the Pinal Central, P-I-N-A-L Central.com. And that's 12 newspapers and 21 markets that cover our game reviews. So aside from that syndication, we have a lot of stuff going on. And uh, right now we are very busy because we're wrapping up not only Gamescom, but we also have staff that is coming back from CinemaCon. And so it's just going to be just on the ninth week. We already have uh, Joseph is busy getting ready for his coverage of PAX West next week. Uh, so we have a lot of uh, things going. What One of the things we've done right now with the recent surge going on is that we've had people who want to go that are in the local area covering events versus having people uh, flying and hopping on planes and stuff like that unless they absolutely want to but uh, you know we do have some really good coverage coming up and uh, wanted to open up with a couple of gaming bits this weekend starting tomorrow um, Call of Duty Vanguard is going to be doing the beta for the PS owners and you can download that free the alpha beta of one early mode I also wanted to mention too uh, you can catch us on sci-fi radio that's s-c-i-f-i dot radio and it's a fantastic page that has all sorts of content from movie news movie reviews game news and reviews but there's also a very large collection of pop culture and sci-fi related shows music content and more and we also have our segment on there now we've had it there for a few weeks uh, some recent stuff on there, my review of Aliens Fireteam Elite and Shang-Chi Legend of the Ten Rings is up. There's some really fantastic stuff about Marvel's What If and so much more, so make sure you give them a listen. So anyway, as I said, CinemaCon is happening uh, this weekend as we record this. It has just wrapped up the Lionsgate thing. There's a little bit of a, a reception tonight. Traditionally, there's the awards night, but they're not doing that. And for those of you that are not familiar with it, it is an event that usually takes place in late March, early April in Las Vegas. And what it does is it is a gathering of media and industry people, uh, studios, theater owners, exhibitionists. Um, and by that, I mean not the type of exhibitionist you might find in some part of Las Vegas, people who show movies or deal things like um, concessions, things for the movie theaters, everything from video games to theater chairs to touchscreen ticket ordering, uh, things like that. But the main thing is it's a chance for them to get together and discuss the state of the industry. And with the volatile nature of things the last year, uh, more and more films coming to streaming same day or a quicker turnaround window, this was seen as a really necessary uh, step for the two sides to get together and basically reaffirm that they still need the theaters and then to show off a lot of footage uh, of coming 
films uh, to get the theater owners excited to say, look, you know, we're still committed to doing this. Movies are still the best way to exhibit these type of films. And this is what we got. And this is what you should be excited for. So, Justin, I'm not going to go over every single movie that was shown, but I'm going to give you uh, a brief rundown. If they didn't have the usual star intros and stuff that they generally do, Disney set out but did uh, do a screening of Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. But some of the more interesting things, we got a look at the brand new Spider-Man film, as well as a look at the new, um, you know, Venom, Morbius, that sort of thing. But as things went on, it was rather interesting. Like the first night, they did a complete showing of Ghostbusters Afterlife, very strict uh, what people can and can't say, but it went over extremely well and they showed the complete movie. They showed clips from Jurassic World Domination, Top Gun Maverick, Mission Impossible 7, Sing 2, Halloween Kills. They showed clips from Dune. They showed clips from Batman. They showed uh, Matrix 4. And this is just, like I said, this is a sampling of some of the films. There were a lot of other films. There were comedies, that sort of thing. But one of the things that I kept hearing is, especially with something like Dune, you have to see it on the big screen. It, it just, you know, it, it's epic. And Batman really stood out. And, you know, so much stuff. And people were really excited. James Bond's No Time to Die. You know, they showed an extended clip of that. So what do you make of all this, Justin? Uh, yeah, no, it actually, it seemed like there was uh, quite a lot there. Um, you know, some, some years it seems like it's more kind of just industry focused and it's not like, you know, it's not like one of those events where you're going to see a lot of new stuff, but it sounds like, you know, they kind of went all out showing entire movies that aren't even released yet that uh, won't release for a while. That's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's very exciting. Um, it also shows that, you know, they're kind of, that there's a lot of really, I guess, powerful content that, uh, they have geared up, ready to release. Um, but, you know, things being what they are, it, we were kind of in a, unique situation so um you know i think you touched on a lot of the big ones um and really like the main purpose of the event is to kind of uh i guess convince most people that that there is a that there is a definitely a purpose to uh cinema uh and, and getting people to the theaters um but yeah. i think you you covered a, like a lot of the big exciting ones you know i liked what i heard about about batman um you know, I think it was it's it's pretty surprising actually that they are actually going to try to do this thing with Spider-Man um, and bring all the uh, you know the old the old ones back. Uh, I think that's kind of a big deal. Um, like you said, with Dune and showing off uh, the entirety of the new uh, Ghostbusters movie, I think you know there's a lot of big uh, exciting news that came out of it. Yeah, and I think it's interesting too because as people said, this is not just all that was done there there were a lot of meetings there's a lot of there were parties these are not things that you know we're entirely privy to but what i found interesting is while they always have a dealer area per se of all the concessions there were things like video games and all of this and these companies are pushing these products which are designed for theaters so they have to think people are coming back to the theaters and the theaters have to be sitting there looking at this saying yeah, this is this is what's going to happen. And it was interesting because you had companies like Sony come out and say, look, 
we're committed to theatrical releases. We have no plans to be doing the streaming scenario. And then other studios would come out and they would show off what they had. And then you would hear, well, you know, we're committing to a 45 day window. Uh, so, you, you know, for the first 45 days, you can only see these things in theaters before they only go to a, a streaming format. And it was interesting because we had a lot of stuff from Paramount where they obviously uh, Top Gun Maverick and they showed scenes from Mission Impossible 7. And it was interesting because as that was wrapping up earlier uh, this morning, they, they showed it. News started coming out that various Star Trek shows were going to be leaving Netflix, that the long term deals that they signed to stream those things are going away. And that has made a lot of people say, oh, these are all going to Paramount Plus. And you're essentially Paramount Plus, even though they have a lot of other offerings from the CBS catalog, is essentially going to be, as some people like to think of it, the Star Trek network because that's where you're going to be watching all of the old shows and that's where discovery lower decks and all of that you know picard and then of course uh, strange new worlds and all the new shows that they have in the works are going to be going so it, it, it's an interesting thing because we've seen the rise of streaming content considerably in the last few years we've definitely seen for many people, what an absolute sanctuary it's been in the last year and a half because they can't go out or they're not willing to go out and sit in theaters. And there's this abundance of content right there streaming for them. But as we're seeing with the upcoming Shang-Chi, there are problems when you put a film on streaming and theaters and you have to find the happy ground because you've got to go to your audience. And it, again, seems like the push is going to be theaters, theaters, theaters. And we've seen things like apparently Venom is being pushed back. And again, it's the song that we've been hearing for the last year and change. Theaters when it's safe, theaters when it's safe, but we're not going to sit there and wait forever before we put it on streaming at, because if we're not recouping our losses, our investment in the theater, we're running to streaming. But essentially it's, you guys get first crack, but after 45 days, all bets are off. So it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm really curious to see that if they do indeed do CinemaCon 2022 in March and April at the usual time, I'm very curious to see what the state of the theatrical exhibition will be at that point. Now, on a related note, I did want to mention this. This uh, news hasn't gone out fully yet, but it was sent to us and a few outlets. Comic-Con has started construction of the Comic-Con Museum in San Diego. They had a building that they'd been using for various events, but the press release basically said that the construction phase has started. And what was really intriguing about this is that their goal is to be done by Thanksgiving weekend to coincide with the live event that they are still planning on holding. So, you know, we're starting to see venues returning. New York Comic Con is still happening in October. And we're starting to see the showcases now where the people can get in front of 
an audience and promote their product. And that'll be really, really interesting because I looked at the calendar, Justin, and I couldn't believe, I know we've had exhibition football and all that, but college football's getting ready to start up next weekend. And you know what follows that? All the fall releases start to show up and all the season premieres start to show up and it'll be, it's kind of exciting. It's, it's gonna be nice to have that. Um, switching gears, we also had another big event this week Gamescom was going on in Germany. We had the uh, Jeff Keighley showcase of upcoming games. We have all sorts of uh, various things being promoted. Uh, what stood out to you, Justin? Um, yeah, so um, the reveal for Call of Duty Vanguard, it actually looked pretty good. Um, I thought, uh, you know, as I've mentioned before, I, I haven't played um, a Call of Duty release in quite some time. Um, but, I mean, Call of Duty 2 is still one of my favorite games ever. Um, and, and the first Modern Warfare. So, I mean, I, I do have some uh, some affinity for the franchise. It's just been a little while since I'm in a way. But uh, I, was, I was impressed. I, I thought it, it thought it looked really polished. Um, you know, and I, I like the World War II setting. Um, so they had a very long gameplay demo um, taking place in Stalingrad, uh, which was, uh, was very interesting. Um, you know, as we saw from the initial trailer it looks like it's covering every uh, major theater of the war uh which is kind of a kind of bold uh for them to do i, I it does make me wonder how long these campaigns will be um if they're gonna you know basically cover uh th that many kind of theaters of war and different characters um but you know that that stood out to me i thought it looked really good um yeah i, I think um there were there were some updates here and there for for other titles. There was a lot of um, uh, some indie games like that that game Sifu that looks I think it's called Sifu um, that okay. looks the martial arts one. Um, I I think that looks really really interesting. I like the idea that uh, every time you die you uh, basically respawn but you're older. Um, it's a, that's a pretty interesting idea. So I think that also stood out to me as well. I think what was really interesting to me was that while it was what we've seen at a lot of these shows, there was a fair number of indie games. There were some really interesting things. We got to see another look at Jurassic World Evolution 2, but we also saw the announcement of Midnight Suns, which is the Marvel, for lack of a better term, real-time, uh, excuse me, turn-based game. Some people have liked to call it uh, Marvel XCOM, but it had been rumored for a while, and we actually got to see an animation of that. And the new footage for Lego Star Wars The Skywalker Saga, you know, I, I was telling Michael, this this is kind of sad when you think about it. June of 2019, we had a meeting with Warner Brothers at E3 where they showed off the game. They were even willing to take interview questions at that time. A few months after that, they held off on the interview questions. And then, as you know, everything went crazy. You know, no E3 as we know it for two years, and we're still waiting for the release of the game. But what they showed us looked absolutely fantastic. So it's due out uh, next year, I believe. And what I'm, I'm curious about is, while it's due out before E3, there was a part of me going, yeah, you know, it, it'd be nice to have this all mesh up and... Uh, make it out uh dying light to stay human i know we're getting to see that at christmas time 
and a lot of people were excited about that the announcement that it will have ray tracing and that various games are going to be featuring ray tracing that ray tracing cards are going to be more in stock according to um nvidia so you know those are really good things to look forward to uh, some other things I thought were really interesting as we got to look at the Far Cry 6 story trailer. And, you know, there are people that are complaining about, oh, the graphics look like they've been downgraded since the last uh, E3 trailer. And I'm like, you know, before we start jumping around on that bandwagon, let's just wait and see the final release of the game. Because we've had games where they look phenomenal in the trailers and then the graphics don't look so great. And we've had games where the graphics have looked a bit dated, and then the game comes out and looks fantastic. So, you know, go figure. Uh, any other things that you wanted to mention on that, Justin? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, because um, I followed, I, I watched the entire thing, um, but really I think those were the ones that really kind of stood out to me. Um, yeah. But uh, I think you brought up some other good ones uh, that had just slipped my mind. Um, well, how about this one? What were you surprised that you didn't hear about? Well, um, you know, I, I was sort of expecting sometimes uh, some of the Japanese companies kind of have a presence there. Um, so I was sort of, you know, ex kind of expecting maybe a little bit more from uh, Sony uh, or even Capcom. We did hear about Capcom from at E3, but uh gamescom is usually far enough away that it's another opportunity for them to kind of um kind of show things off again or or show something else that they didn't show at e3 and sony has been pretty quiet for a while uh they they did not have an e3 presence and they didn't and they have yet to have had a really big event that is uh um big like e3 and this kind of would have been an opportunity for that but uh who knows what they kind of have in their back pocket at the moment um, yeah, but Gamescom has always been a little bit uh, random as to how big it is. Some years, I remember very um, much older Gamescoms being huge, like big, big games being showed off. Uh, I think, if I remember right, uh, uh, Diablo three was announced at a Gamescom. If I'm not mistaken, I think uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid four was announced at a Gamescom. Uh, if if not at a Gamescom, then they definitely showed like a its first like big trailer there so um so you know occasionally it's pretty big uh i guess that does remind me that the, the new stuff for for the uh re-release of death stranding looks kind of interesting i have yet to play that game uh even though i'm a big fan of uh kojima's work it's just kind of a, a weird looking game um but yeah, I, i've got i've never had any interest in it it's just like yeah yeah but no i i totally that, understand that's just that. me yeah um yeah i mean i still i have i i'm the Metal Gear Solid series is one of my favorite series of games, and I still have yet oh, yeah. to play uh, uh, Death Stranding, um, just because it it just looks too strange. Um, but uh, I'll get around to it eventually. But the new stuff they showed for it actually looked pretty interesting. Like, they're adding a significant amount of mechanics. But I guess the one thing I would kind of critique a little bit is that they, they saved that for last. Um, so they opened the show with call of duty which was like you know yeah it's a good thing good way to open your show um but usually you want to kind of conclude your show with something at least as big yeah. and it's you know it looks good but it's it's 
technically a game that's already exists. It's it's already out. We can already play it. Yeah. It's just a re-release of it. So I don't know. I think I think they should have lined. They should have probably lined something else up for uh, for the end. But you know they can't always control that. So I I can understand that as well. Yeah. And another thing that I was really intrigued by is we're getting closer. We're a couple weeks away from some of the Halloween events in California taking place. Disneyland, Universal Studios, Knott's Berry Farm, SeaWorld. We're going to be doing uh, coverage on those as April. We're looking forward to doing the Knott's Berry Farm uh, coverage. But there have been some things that have popped out, and it, it's intriguing because I got some data from California and they mentioned that the cases are still higher than they like but what they've been seeing has encouraged them it has slowed down vaccinations are up um, and then the numbers are improving and they said based on their model they're saying that they think it'll start coming back to uh, more manageable numbers shall we say in september and so they had said you know based on everything you've seen the waves like last december it went up they had to shut everything down they um were able to reopen they were able they had significant progress to the point where they were able to reopen the theme parks they were able to reopen theaters they were able to reopen concerts again and it all tracks down to the bit where the mask mandate was lifted because essentially as they said we tried the honor system people who were not vaccinated were take, taking their masks off and acting like they were you know we can go into that but they're seeing things trend in a good direction and with that you have places like SeaWorld opened the emperor they are calling this the biggest dive coaster on the west coast and i can tell you that when they get to hallow scream uh we enjoy riding the manta i haven't ridden the emperor and i haven't ridden uh the other one there's there's certain limits when you're six foot four about uh dangling upside down and looping but they're going to run those in the dark during their hallow scream event and what i think for me personally not just because we're booked on it one of the best pieces of news is the disney wonder now Disney has resumed cruising with their other three ships under the new protocols. The Wonder uh, was scheduled to do a bunch of West Coast cruises. And uh, obviously they didn't do their cruise up to Alaska. They didn't do um, the cruise from San Diego to Canada and they aren't doing their cruises down to Mexico. That being said, uh, a few days ago, we got news that the Wonder had moved away from the fleet in the Atlantic and was heading to the Panama Canal. It just cleared the Panama Canal yesterday and is now steaming on its way to San Diego. Now, for those of you who don't know, there is a significant cost to putting a boat through the Panama Canal. I've heard that it runs from $400,000 to a million dollars each time you go through. And there were a lot of people saying that there's no way Disney would incur that cost to go through without passengers get to San Diego just to do several weeks of runs, uh, reduced capacity, blah, 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 and come back. Well, the boat's on its way through, and it's pretty obvious that while they've announced that all sailings on it are suspended until September 16th, it's pretty clear that they're coming to San Diego to do their test cruises 
that are mandated by the CDC so they can start taking passengers on board in uh, mid to late September. So what do you make of that, Justin? No, I think, you know, it kind of goes to show that a lot of places are in a lot of companies and states and uh, countries and, and everything. They're trying to, you know, return to a, a level of, of normalcy that was like pre-pandemic. Um, a lot of these places, they simply can't, you know, we're we're at like, oh, coming up on two years almost, uh, obviously. Two years in March. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, so we're basically, we're at, we're, we're well past one full year. Um, we're kind of at a year and a half. So, you know, we could easily kind of approach into two years and still have, have it around. Um, yeah. uh, unfortunately, a lot of companies, they simply, the, the way that they're, their their models work they simply can't afford uh, it's it's either basically you know find a new way to to do business or um uh with these conditions or it's you know it's basically over um so i think that's what a lot of companies are are trying to do a lot of organizations and stuff they're trying to figure out a way to kind of do this more normally and, and think thankfully there are uh, vaccines and, and other measures that can be taken that can, uh, you know, make customers more comfortable, um, and provide, and actually provide like good protection. Um, you know, w without vaccines, like, I, I think we would be in a much worse situation right now. Um, yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, because, and, because and, they couldn't, they simply couldn't afford, like you wouldn't be able to do cruise cruises, for instance, it just would not happen. Um, yeah. so, and you know. see, it's interesting because the guidelines for it is they basically come out and said everybody 12 and over vaccinated the children and all this have to you know have to be vaccinated um there is some discrepancy like some people have said you could take a, a test a rapid test right there on the pier and be in i've had some people say no 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 you got to show a vaccine card and take a rapid test on the morning of your boarding. Uh, but then others have said, no, if you send your vaccine card ahead of time, they investigate it to make sure it is a legit card and it is indeed valid. And then with that, you get a travel certificate. And based on that, you have the option at the pier to say, I will take a test or I will forego the test. Here's my travel certificate showing I've been cleared and vaccinated. But we're hearing like on the boat, um, it's strongly encouraged that you wear your mask. Apparently, it's reduced capacity. Um, you know, that's I, I've seen like videos of how the welcoming is done. The character interactions are apparently different. But people have said once you get used to it, it's not so bad. People have said, you know, there are people that are out there saying, oh, it's a reduced experience and I don't want any part of it. And others are saying, you know what? We got on the boat and we had a fantastic time. The service was outstanding, as it always is. And it's even better because there weren't as many people. And instead of, you know, two dining shifts for the main dining, you get your own private table. So they stagger it. So you're not seated with, you know, three or four other couples. It's just you. So you're well-spaced. You, you know, it's you and your, your travel party. And people have said there's still the movies, there's still the shows, there's still all the entertainment, the classes, everything like that. The difference is you're asked to wear a mask and you're asked to space. 
And it's like, and if everyone's screened going on the boat, that's not a bad thing. And, oh yeah, let's not forget there just happens to be a medical staff on the boat as well. And under the new guidelines, if there's even a whiff of a, an infection, everything turns around and goes back to port. So it's like you said, if you don't feel safe doing it, that's understandable. You don't have to go, but you know, we're scheduled for October 22nd and we're, we're planning on going. It's like, if you're going to screen everybody, that's about as safe as you can get. The, the only difference is we've decided that we're not going to disembark. We're not going to get off the boat in uh, Mexico simply because it, to me, it just, it's an extra element that's outside of the control. You're in a general population. You're not in an area that's screened and all of that. We're just going to stay on the boat and have a good time and go from there. And then hopefully when we cruise again in March, things will be a better situation. But like you said, slowly back to normal. I'm looking forward very much to covering Knott's Berry Farms Halloween event. I mean, I personally haven't covered one in I think three or four years now. Uh, just simply because of timing. It's always too close to when we come back to PAX. Uh, we've had October cruises and it was just, you know, literally, we're just coming back from one thing. Uh, can we justify going off to California two weeks later and then back and then again? Some years, sure, we've done it. And then other years we haven't and Michael's covered it. But um, this year, this is ours and I'm, I'm thrilled of it. We're just, I mean, I'm chomping at the bit. I'm really excited to see the Halloween stuff because, you know, not only did they not do it last year, I haven't seen it for a few years. And uh, last couple of times we went to Knott's, once for a tasting event and then one for, um, you know, some things. They were health checks, masks required. They were, you know, very upfront about things. It seemed very safe. And so, you know, fingers crossed. So, Justin, is there anything else that you wanted to uh, bring up in, uh, for the show today? Uh, nope, no, just about covering it. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, we'll have Michael back next week, and hopefully uh, we'll have something new. Joseph will be covering uh, packs and some other activities. We'll have some information on that. But for now, folks, take care, and we'll talk to you soon.